Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Marble Arvidsson was a boy with his own style in 2011. He had shoulder-length hair, and he loved wearing his black fedora hat everywhere he went. In 2011, at age 17, Marble was living with a foster family in Brattleboro, Vermont. This family was also considered friends and mentors for Marble, and he was happy living there. He had a girlfriend, and although he was technically classified by the system as special needs, he was very intelligent and high-functioning. On August 27, 2011, Marble left his home, leaving a note behind for his family. He said that he would be back home in 20 minutes. Later that afternoon, he had plans to meet his girlfriend around 4 p.m., but Marble never showed. No one was quite sure where Marble was, and everyone began searching for him. He was not the type of kid to run away, and everyone was worried. But things were about to get worse, much worse, in Brattleboro, Vermont. On August 28th and 29th, Tropical Storm Irene hit the upper east coast of the U.S. with vengeance. The search for Marble would become impossible. Marble hasn't been seen or heard from since. Where is Marble Arvidsson? was last seen here. He left a note behind saying he'd be back, but 10 years later, he's never been seen or heard from again. At the time, Marble was placed in a family's first home with two other men and another male teenager through the custody of the Vermont Department of Children and Families. The goal was to help both teens learn to live on their own into adulthood. Arvidsson's roommate told police he saw Marble leaving the home on Route 9 with someone around 2 p.m. on the 27th and no one has seen or heard from him since. He left a note saying that he was leaving and he'd be back shortly, but he was last seen leaving with one person he met at the back door, and um, up to this point, we haven't been able to identify who that person was. His housemates only knew that he had plans with his girlfriend later that evening. For him to say he'd be back in 30 minutes and have a 4 o'clock date, A few days passed and Marble still hadn't been heard from. In the meantime, Tropical Storm Irene had wreaked havoc on the Brattleboro community. Like the, the devastation that it did down here from the water was insane. Which hindered the search effort for Marble. There's part of him somewhere. He deserves better. He deserves to be welcome Marble's mother, Sigrid Arvidsson, believes someone knows something about what happened to him and is looking for answers. It's not about good, bad, it's not about right, wrong. It's about information leading to his world. Even if that is information leading to a starting point. There is a police line that we can speak with detectives, you can meet with them, and our 
family as a $10,000 reward for anonymous tips needed to finding, which means anonymous. Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast. This episode came recommended to me a while back, and it's been one that I've been intrigued by for quite some time. I've continually checked for updates and news, but clues in this case have been few and far between. A couple quick announcements about the show. We can now receive voice messages from our listeners. I'm super excited to be able to include some of these in some future episodes. The link to leave us a voice message is in the show notes, and I'll be putting it up on social media as well. Please call, give us some feedback or case suggestions, thoughts on the cases, or anything you'd like to tell us. As I said, we may play some of these messages on some future show episodes. This episode today is partnered with Macari. We will hear more on them in a bit. So let's get right into this case, the case of Marble Arvidsson. Marble Ace Arvidsson was born June 14, 1994. His mother, Sigrid, said she thought the name Marble was whimsical and fun, a name that people would remember. She wanted his name to be strong and be unique. Marble would be diagnosed with some special needs, although it isn't exactly specified what that means. He was very bright, however, although he did have some struggles. By age 17, Marble was living in a home that was part of Vermont's Family First program. The Family First program was a program that was initiated in Vermont back in 1996 to help children and young adults with disabilities. Their main goal is to help acclimate to real-life situations in a family setting. For adults, the goal is to help them gain employment and teach them to take care of their own needs. In 2011, Marble was living in a home in Brattleboro with two adults and another teenager as part of this program. He was 17 years old and he was preparing to enter his senior year at Brattleboro High School. He had also been talking a lot lately about going to college. He was considering attending the University of Vermont. Marble had lived with another family prior to the one that he was currently living with, and he stayed in contact with them regularly actually visiting them several times a week sometimes. Everyone said that Marble was just a very likable kid. He was very kind, and everyone who knew him just loved him. Marble still kept in contact with his biological family as well, and he had a girlfriend. In August of 2011, he was living a well-adjusted happy life, a normal life for a 17-year-old, with everyone who knew him saying that things were going really well for him. The Disappearance On August 27, 2011, Marble woke up and got dressed in his normal attire of all black, right down to his black fedora hat. He mentioned to his family, the ones that he was living with, that he had plans to meet with his girlfriend later that day, around 4 o'clock. That afternoon, at around 1.15, someone came to the home and Marble would leave with this person. He did leave a note behind stating that he would be back in 20 minutes. 
We don't know who this person was that he left with, as they haven't been identified by authorities, nor has this person ever come forward on their own, at least that we know about to this day. As the afternoon went on into evening and Marvel still hadn't come home, nor had he shown up to meet with his girlfriend, his family started getting very worried. His mom was notified and everyone who knew Marble began looking for him around Brattleboro. But there were no clues. No one could think of any possibilities or know where to even look. Everyone was just hoping that Marble had just gone off on his own for some unknown reason and hadn't been able to make it back home yet. Brattleboro sits right on the Vermont-New Hampshire border. It's about a two-hour drive to the coast. It's one of those beautiful, quaint New England towns with a population of just over 12,000. The town also sits on the banks of the Connecticut River. But Brattleboro was about to be hit with a major storm that would impact the search efforts and increase everyone's anxiety and concern for Marble's whereabouts and his safety. Hurricane Irene Hurricane Irene began forming in the Caribbean on August 21st, 2011. It was the ninth hurricane that year, but it was the first major one. There would be 49 deaths attributed to Hurricane Irene and over $13 billion in damages. Hurricane Irene would work her way up the entire East Coast, causing flooding and damage as she traveled north. On August 28th, just one day after Marble was last seen, Hurricane Irene hit the coast of Massachusetts in New Hampshire with a vengeance. And the impact of that storm was felt well inland, including the town of Brattleboro, Vermont. Roads were washed out. Flooding was severe. Covered bridges, some that were even over 100 years old, were destroyed. Vermont noted three deaths due to Irene. The area was officially in a state of emergency. So naturally, this presented quite a problem with regards to Marble's disappearance for many reasons. For one, if he was out in the storm, he could be injured or lost. Finding him really became even more urgent. But secondly, searches for Marble had to be halted because of the storm. So while the urgency increased, it was impossible to get people out there to search for him. The conditions were impossible. Third, if something had indeed happened to Marble, the storm may have washed away any trace or any clues of where the boy was. Lastly, and understandably so, attention in the area went from Marble to rescuing people from the storm. People were stranded, people were injured and in need of help. It was all hands on deck for Vermont in the town of Brattleboro. The Brattleboro reformer had reported on Marble's disappearance. But the day it was going to be in the paper, the roads were completely washed out and the paper couldn't be delivered. Marble's mother, Sigrid Arvidsson, and her sister, Trish Kittredge, who was a command sergeant for the Massachusetts Army National Guard, would actually go out and hand deliver the newspaper to all the surrounding towns they could reach just to get the word out about Marble. Marble's aunt also organized many searches for her nephew 
bringing in volunteers just to help canvas the area. As soon as the storm cleared, however, authorities would ramp up the efforts again to find marble. Take a listen to this clip from an updated press conference in September of 2011. The Search and Brattleboro, Vermont.
We talked a little bit about the effects of Hurricane Irene and how it affected the search for Marvel and made things extremely challenging. But even aside from that, where does one even begin to look? Marvel didn't have a cell phone or any electronics to track. No one could figure out who this unknown person was that came to the house that day, the day he was last seen. Why hasn't that person come forward on their own? The other teenager that had been living in the home at the same time as Marble said that they didn't know who this person was, but they figured by the way Marble spoke to them that it was either a friend of Marble's or someone that he knew pretty well. This teen would also tell authorities that Marble grabbed his hiking boots before he left. No one's really talked about that fact very much. Did Marble enjoy hiking? Were these maybe his only pair of shoes? Or maybe they were the closest pair to him and he just needed to grab a pair of shoes? Was it normal for him to wear these boots? Or was that unusual? Certainly don't think he was going hiking if he said he was going to be back in 20 minutes. Seems like a weird little tidbit of information. Maybe it's meaningless, but who knows? Marble's mother and aunt came out and formed these volunteer search parties to look for Marble, but it was so hard to know where to even begin. Marble had been living at this home on Marlborough Road, or Route 9, a main thoroughfare through the area, but still just a two-lane road. It was on the far west side of Brattleboro, the opposite end of town from the Connecticut River, which was located on the far east side of the town. The area does back up to some mountains and rolling hills, and while, especially on this Marlboro Road or Route 9, there are homes and there are businesses scattered about, there are also patches of wooded areas in between. It doesn't look like this road has sidewalks either, but it's quite possibly nearby some hiking trails. But again, Marble said he'd be back in 20 minutes, that he had plans to meet his girlfriend at 4 o'clock. We also don't know for sure if Marble had walked away on foot or if he was ever seen getting into a vehicle. Marble's aunt and mother started a Facebook page and really drove the search for Marble in the area. Law enforcement seemed to be doing what they could, but with such little information, there wasn't even a trail to follow. As you heard in the press conference, they did spend many man hours searching for Marble, even using search dogs and any technology that they could. They would also say that they did not believe Marble was a runaway. Volunteer search groups would meet in the mornings and search areas just off of Route 9. Some volunteer groups even went to Hogback Mountain, which is a popular hiking area about 10 miles from West Brattleboro, also off of Route 9, right off of Route 9. But no sign of Marble was ever found. Before we get into some theories or possibilities in Marble's case, Let's have a quick word from today's partner, Mercari. The Mercari buying and selling app, your clutter can find a new home and make you some cash in the process. Take a few pics and then with a few clicks, your item is live and available. Mercari's reach is huge with over 19 million active users. And Mercari has one of the lowest selling fees and easiest shipping steps of all the selling apps out there. Not to mention, if you're looking to buy something in particular, Mercari probably has it. Their search and buy function is just as simple. Download Mercari today. Sign up with the link in our show notes and get a $10 buying credit and a $20 gift 
when you make your first $100 selling on Mercari. Again, you'll find the link in our show notes and on our social media accounts this week. What might have happened to Marble Arvidsson? First, did he possibly leave on his own? For what purpose? By all accounts, Marble was happy and well-adjusted in his life at the time. It doesn't make sense to those that know Marble that he would have just walked away. Some have wondered if maybe he was groomed and left to meet someone. Marble was said to be a little bit vulnerable and trusting of others. While he was a super smart kid, he was also a very trusting kid. His family said he would definitely go with someone that asked him to if he didn't feel there was any immediate threat. Marble was always the kind of kid that saw the best in everyone. He was also a pretty big teenager. He was six foot two and he weighed around 165 pounds. He wasn't tiny or the kind of kid that presented themselves as weak. And he was very intelligent. But there are ways that predators do gain the trust of their victims. Did he encounter foul play? Since those close to Marble don't believe that he would leave on his own, this is a possibility that needs to be considered. During the search for Marble, some people came forward and said that they saw him fighting with some guys the day he disappeared. But I just want to note this hasn't been confirmed publicly by law enforcement, so this might be a rumor or possibly even mistaken identity. But if it's a true sighting, does it play a role in his disappearance? Is his disappearance a result of Hurricane Irene? I think there's no arguing the fact that Hurricane Irene played a role in Marble's case, especially the searches, but does it have anything at all to do with his actual disappearance? He did actually disappear a day before the heart of the storm hit Vermont. And since he was only supposed to be gone 20 minutes and missed his date with his girlfriend, it seems that the hurricane itself didn't cause Marble's disappearance. Unless he had gone off with some people or even by himself with the intent to come back in a day or two, but then couldn't. Where do you think Marble Ace Arvidson can be? What do you think happened in this case? Marble is described as a 17-year-old Caucasian male standing about 6 foot 2 inches tall and weighing around 165 pounds in August of 2011. He had shoulder-length blonde hair, blue eyes, and liked to wear his black fedora-style hat everywhere he went. On that day, Marble was dressed in a black button-down shirt, black pants, black hiking boots, and of course his black hat. He was last seen leaving his home on Marlboro Road in Brattleboro, Vermont. Marble would today be 28 years old. If you have any information on the whereabouts of Marble Ace Arvidson, please contact the Brattleboro Police Department at 802-257-7950. Marble's mother and family continue to search for answers in Marble's whereabouts. The Facebook group Find Marvel Arvidson was created in 2011 and it still exists, although it isn't very active. But I'd still like to encourage you to go follow and like that page and help it get more exposure. If anyone has any feedback or case suggestions for us, please hit us up on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or send me an email at canwefindthem at gmail.com. 
Also, a reminder that you can now leave us voice messages and we will possibly feature some of those messages on future episodes. We'd love to share what you all think on certain cases and the cases that you're recommending. The link to leaving us a voice message will be in the show notes and I'll post it over on social media as well. We'd also like to continue to find ways to help the families of these missing persons and your support on Patreon will help us do just that. Membership starts at just $3 a month. You can find bonus episodes, merch coupon codes, and bonus content over there. As soon as we have a big enough group, enough people, we'd like to add some live stream discussions as well. Our episodes can be found on all major podcast platforms, YouTube, and online in written transcript form. We appreciate you following us, listening to these stories, helping us spread the word about these cases from whichever platform you choose. And of course, a huge thank you to our partner for this episode, Mercari. Get some free spending cash and make some money selling items from around your home. Thank you all so much for listening to Marble Arvidson's story today, a 17-year-old who has been missing in Vermont for 11 years. Please share his story, share his name. Someone might just know something. We will be back again soon with another Unsolved Missing Person episode. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.